on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. When you keep sweeping stuff under the rug, the rug is going to get bigger and dirty and the house going to get dirty. Baby, let's find a clean house. And I think we do it sometimes out of fear that that person will, like we said, will hurt us, gaslight us, or even just dismiss our feelings. But don't run from that. If you're with someone that does that and you cannot be honest, then you need to rethink the relationship. Don't be afraid that I don't want to start over and I don't want to do that. So you want to just stay here and suffocate? This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams, get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem, beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean, the way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens, dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka, redesign your spot and redefine your mantra, retwist your locks and realign your chakras, doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh, brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip, adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis, celestial body, drink your water, meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order, Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. Today's topic is about toxic relationships. If you've had one, if you heard of someone having one, why don't you just put a a heart, I guess, in the comments. Broken heart. I know, right? Let me, I can't say eggplant. So just put a 100. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Diabola, how would you define a toxic relationship? A general, vague definition um i would think anything that would make you like think negatively about yourself negatively impacts your mental health your physical health spiritual health so anything that's just like a negative impact on you as uh, a whole being i think that's a general mm. word 
Okay. So I heard you say mental health. So let everybody know this sister is also a therapist. So, <laughs> you know, I love to have the best of the best on. Before we dig into the uh, the toxic relationships, what made you want to become a therapist? Uh, well, it kind of found me. So uh, long story short, um, I was in undergrad and I was pursuing like a science track and I was fresh out of a divorce. I got married and got divorced and I was just kind of like really, really lost. And mm. I went and then I was just sucking in these science classes. Like I had to retake classes. This I was like, this is not supposed to be this hard. And I went from being like a 4.5 student in high school to struggling in undergrad and just doing a path just because that's what they tell you to do. Like, right. to me, you know, so I ended up going to career counseling and the young lady that helped me, um, just the way she helped me, the questions that she asked me, inquired about, like not even just about my, you know, what I like to do, but like my past, like the way she kind of guided me. I was like, oh, I wish I could do that for other people, but like guide them that's before I knew what the word niche was, but find my niche of like how I would want to help people. And I, and I was like, I would really like to help women like know their worth, like before they get in the relationship, because if you don't know yourself, the relationship will tell you who you are. And that's kind of like, what was my situation? So I wanted to be able to like help them build their self-worth. And then it was just like, ha, therapy, a therapist. And that was a while ago. So I'm, at that point, I have never, I had never seen a black therapist. I really didn't even know we existed. Like, I was just like, but, you know, that was the beginning of how I got into, you know, that's what I wanted to do, change my major. And it was up from there. Really? So how are you enjoying it? I am. I have my own private practice now. So I have really climbed from like the bottom of the totem pole when you're fresh out of school and you work in any job that will hire you all the way to owning my own private practice. I am the author of two therapeutic journals. So I create therapeutic products now for other clinicians to use with their clients as well as individuals who maybe cannot afford therapy, but they still want to work on their own healing on their own time. So I create worksheets and books for them. So I I love I wake up every every day loving what I do. What I do, excuse me. My therapist gets on me for saying that too, because yes, I'm a therapist that goes to therapy. She was like, it's okay, but you can take breaks. So I've been learning to step back and not feel like I always have to work, but I really love what I do. That sounds like some serious self-care. And it is. <laughs> you see the vacation about to start. <laughs> You know, this is your birthday weekend. I need to see your cocktail or something. My God. <laughs> Close friends. <laughs> okay, there you go. Close friends. <laughs> so can you define a toxic relationship in a, a work atmosphere? Yeah, so a lot of times we feel like, one, if us as Black women or if you're just African-American, we might have microaggressions. That's part of like a very toxic work environment when you have those microaggressions. We know from what we wear to how we do our hair to how if we just have any feelings about anything is considered we're the angry Black woman. That's one. If you cannot go to your boss or you can't go to... um any like higher up person and tell them about a concern you might be having with someone else and you're immediately shut down. Those are like examples of like being in a toxic work environment where you're stressed. Like you feel so guilty that you can't take a day off. You are overworked. 
probably underpaid at that point too. So um, it's just impacting you. Like you have increased anxiety, always over anxious. So those are those are characteristics of it. Mm, you know, that reminds me of someone. Well, we didn't work together, but we were colleagues mm-hmm. and she was extremely stressed. She said she had a horrible, toxic relationship with her boss and she had a meeting because she couldn't take it anymore. Had a meeting. The meeting did not go well at all. And she w- she left the office and she was so mad. She went like this. She woke up a week later in the hospital because the stress got to her so bad and the toxicity. She ended up having a heart attack and a stroke and she wasn't 45 years old. Oh, my. And you got to take care of yourself because I'm sure if she wouldn't, and thank God she made it, but if she wouldn't have, they would have had her job posted before her obituary. Can you please repeat that again? They, if she would not have made it, they would have had her job posted before her obituary. So you got to take care of yourself. You have to put yourself first. And that's like, that's self-love on an ultimate level, being able to put yourself first. And that's self-preservation. Like, so you got to make sure you're able to do that. One of my friends, her mom, this has been her motto for decades. Self-preservation is the first order of nature. Oh, I love that. Can we put that on a t-shirt? You know, I, I, I know, it. right? I love that. <laughs> so how does a toxic relationship look like with friendships? Ooh, child. Because those, those almost are the worst ones next to intimate partners. Um, it can look like where you're always giving, 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 and it's not being reciprocated. That's one way. If you cannot be honest about your feelings, you can't set healthy boundaries. Um, you feel like you can't even be honest without someone probably wanting to, you know, make what they call gaslight you or make you feel like it's your fault for the way you're feeling. Oh, I could possibly never make you feel like that. That's you. That's a you thing. So um, friendships like that, I tend to try to stay away from Uh, people that don't want to see you win. You win and it's a threat to them. Like they don't support you. So I can come out with this, that and the other and you'll support everybody else, but you don't support me. Like you have to pay attention to that. So, and a lot of that jealousy spirit is just, I, it's, it's real. So if your friends cannot be happy for you, then you probably should rethink your friend circle. Is that considered, is that the person still a friend if they're that jealous of you? Well, is that considered friendship? I don't so, you know, my favorite quote is that your feelings are valid, but that does not justify your actions. So we're going to, you know, honor that your feelings are valid. You know, jealousy is a feeling. We, we as humans, experience oh, a plethora of feelings, right? But you should not act on those feelings by being harmful to me or, you know, doing things mm-hmm. to hurt me. So you need to go work through your feelings of why you feel, because it's really an inner thing. You feel inadequate. You feel less than. It has nothing to do with me because I root for, I want to see us both win, sis. Okay. I want to see you win. I don't want to be the only millionaire in the room. I, I want to like, if you're the only one that's making it in your friends, you in the wrong friend group. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That I love that. 
<laughs> Wait, can you explain what a healthy boundary is in a friendship? So a healthy boundary is um, an example. Say you have a girlfriend and maybe she and her guy broke up and she talks about this or she she's really been talking about this for a couple of months, right? So you might feel a need to always be there for her or try to fix it or try to encourage her, but you know, she's not really in it. Like you can't be her therapist. So there's a thin line between being a comforter for your friend, but also you cannot be their therapist. So drawing that line of, hey, I really think you should go talk to someone because one, you know, I don't like seeing you like this. And I know we've tried to come up with resolutions, but I just don't feel they're helpful. So let's go to a professional. That way, when we talk, you won't, you know, be monopolizing the conversation all about yourself and we can... <laughs> We can just have normal conversation and you can go and actually get help for what you're struggling with. So that's a healthy boundary. You're not rejecting your friend or saying, I don't want to hear anything you have to say, but just saying, hey, this is starting to impact me and it's impacting our relationship because all we do is talk about you. Ooh. Yeah, that, you know, I feel like I've been that person, that friend before. It's going through therapy. And I would talk to her all the time, even though I was seeing my therapist. But then I realized, like, damn, I've never asked her, do you want to listen to me? Can you take up space? And that's another thing yeah. I do with my friends. You know, if they know to ask me, hey, are you in a place to allow me to take up space? Because I had to say that. Because sometimes after seeing clients all day, I don't have the capacity to you know hear this right now like i i i want to de i want to be compressed <laughs> so i yeah. love you and we can set up a time where i can but i i have to put up there ask me am i available to allow you to take up space right now because i might not and then you don't want to waste your breath and get your feelings hurt so yeah, yeah. you know what i ask her if i really want to just vent some soul venting hey do you have the emotional bandwidth to listen to me that's another shirt <laughs> or a mug because I like it. I like yeah, it. Borrow it. Yes, I like that. I ask her that. So if she says no, my feelings aren't hurt because she has a family too and she works. No is a complete sentence and we have to stop, uh, you know, internalizing like it's an attack on us when people tell us no. Because some people really cannot take no. I'm like, you expect a toddler to accept the word no? Like, no, don't touch that. But you don't think adults can handle the word no? Like, no. No is a complete sentence. Start using it. Okay? <laughs> Was it easy? Has it always been easy for you to set boundaries? <laughs> no. <laughs> Of course not. Listen, I was a therapist before I was a therapist, okay? And in the most, like, enmeshed way, like, even, you know, I love my mom. I knew too much about my mom business as a young child, adolescent, adult. Like, my, I was like my mom's best friend, but I was like her. She could talk to me about anything. And there's certain things she probably should not have, like, told me about. So, and then I have friends that, you know, will lay it on me. So, I was a therapist. And I just didn't realize how much, because it would really impact me, one, knowing that they were hurt. And then, two, just if I knew the other person, it made me kind of look at them sideways. Like, you got my mama feeling some type of way, so I don't fool with you. <laughs> like, things that I just should not have. So, no, I... 
I I, used, I had to set healthy banners with my mom, and I really didn't start setting them to after I became a therapist. So I had to go work through that with my therapist. Like, okay, because you know she be my mom used to be a little firecracker. She is definitely toned down now, but my mom was a firecracker. So I kind of would be apprehensive to tell her, no, I can't. But not because I feel like she would like go off on me, but. I know she would internalize it as being rejected. And it's just like, no, it has nothing to do with you, girl. I'm just tired. Like, I don't I don't want to know any of this at all. But do you feel like we self-impose that guilt upon ourselves? Like, oh, I think she may feel this. I think he may feel that. You know what? That is a thing. Like, we will kind of pick it up as our, we'll, we'll project, I'll say. So. What do you, you know, mean by that? Like we will put our feelings off for someone else or what we think that they may feel, you know, like, but it's like we really think we have control over how they will feel regardless. Like whether they acted like that or not, you have no control over how people take you or take what you say. So I really, you know, I would feel this immense guilt, but really my mom can take a no. And two, if she couldn't, that had nothing to do with me. Like, <laughs> that was not my issue. That was my, that was not my burden to carry. So, yeah, we do predict a lot. Wow. Okay, that hit my soul right there. Huh? Why so? <laughs> because at my age right now, I just started setting firm boundaries. Well, we might as well segue into the family because I was going to ask you, well, <laughs> like, what does those toxic relationships look like within families? Good segue. I love but it. I'm just now learning to set firm boundaries and learning to not feel guilty of what you just said. You know, we feel guilty about, we have this whole conversation in our head. We don't really know what goes on inside someone's head, but with a a, a family member, mm-hmm. I, family members, I had, I had to set firm boundaries and truly not feel guilty because it was messing with my own self-care mm-hmm. and my joy and happiness. And it it wasn't good. It's dark. It is. And that's just the emotional part. I mean, I'm not even talking about the physical part of it. You know, I'm driving all around town and I'll tell you about that story offline. And it's- <laughs> I'm literally driving up and down in Atlanta, mm-hmm. trying not saying no to my parent. And then it got to a point. I said, you know what? I'm done. No, you can get picked up by Uber or Lyft. I'm not doing it. And all this happened before six o'clock a.m. Ooh, I'm glad that you did that. That's good. Because healthy relationships need boundaries. Like, I don't know a healthy relationship that does not have, have boundaries. Just doesn't exist at all. Oh, boy. <laughs> you guys really have my mind going. In your practice, what have you noticed most with the toxic relationships? Is it usually, usually with family, friends, work, rela- intimate relationships? Yeah, I mean, it's really all of them. And that's what I try to convey to people that haven't tried therapy. Um, A lot of times, one, people think they come because they're crazy. And it's just like, no, that's not it. But almost every person that I've ever seen in my career, they're coming for a preventing concern. But everyone in some form or fashion is coming to have better relationships 
in some capacity, whether it's healing from your parents and having a better relationship with them. You broke up with a friend and you're trying to grieve that relationship and, you you know, or even instant partners, the dating history, like it's some form or fashion. People come, everybody goes to therapy for relationships. So I've seen it all, like all. <laughs> Isn't it funny that they made come for one thing and it really doesn't usually end up something that happens in childhood deeper yeah it usually is for the most part because we gotta think when we see relationships our first um our first ability to see relationship is how we see it with our caregivers whoever they may be that's like whether they are together or not that's still a form of relationship or the ending of a relationship or non-existent relationship like you see that so we we are creatures of learned behavior we learn how to be in relationships by what we see so we we just be winging it we we really just be winging it and it can be very mm-hmm. detrimental and we don't see like how and then we wonder why we struggle in relationships so, yeah. Uh, you're killing my soul, but you're giving it life at the same time. Because you know, that's how therapy works. You know, you come in one session, feel good. Next one, I break it down and be like, don't worry, we're going to make you do it together. Oh, my God. That is so true. You know, uh, when I was in therapy initially, um, Fast forward, it went back to childhood, like Mm -hmm. you said, just on you do what you do. And a long time ago, I had a relationship and I was horrible in it. Mm -hmm. And it literally now I can look back and see I was copying a parent, Mm -hmm. carbon copy. Not good. It's not, but the self-awareness is what comes out of it. Like when they say we're breaking generational curses, like the self-awareness is like one of the biggest key points in like that healing. So even if you you don't have to be just like your parent, you know, again, learn behavior. So that means if you learn that way, you can learn something new. So yeah, I love that positive silver lining on it. <laughs> What does a healthy relationship look like? Oh, wait, wait, excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. What does a toxic, intimate relationship look like? I'm I'm jumping ahead. A toxic, intimate relationship would be, you know, anybody that put their hands on you, anybody that, um, you know, infidelity, if y'all don't have an open relationship and you, you're in a monogamous relationship, so constant cheating, um, lies. I just, if you can't, if I can't trust you to tell me the truth, we would, are you really with the wrong person? Um, but I can have all of the poor communication. I can have this entire idea of what a healthy or a toxic relationship looks like for myself, but what might work for me might not work for you. So the goal is before you even really before you even get into a relationship, you need to be already making the list of your non-negotiables, like things that you just would not tolerate at all period and then when you're dating because you should be dating you know as far as like you shouldn't just always put all your eggs in one basket like before you get in a relationship you really should be dating multiple people but you know people don't want to hear that well men don't want to hear women say that but (laughs) you should and you should be able to look at that list and say okay i can see that he gaslights me or i can see that he doesn't take accountability even if one of your toxic might be he just is stagnant that might be a toxic trait for you 
just look at those non-negotiables and things that you would not bend on. Not that you'll kind of sort of bend on, but not. And then if that's what would be your toxic relationship. Can you explain to our listeners what gaslighting means? Yes. So um, gaslighting is basically when someone makes you feel bad for how they treat you. So say if, you know, I called you out your name and then you come to me and say, you know, D, that really hurt my feelings when you said that. And I'm just like, no, what you should not have done. You shouldn't have came to me. You saw I was stressed out. You knew I had something to do. You knew I had, you shouldn't have, you, this is your fault. If you wouldn't have did that, I would have never had said that. And then you wouldn't have got your feelings hurt. So really, you hurt your own feelings. It's like, I can't control grown people. What are you talking about? So anytime someone makes it seem like it is your fault for how you feel and don't take accountability. That's like a mm-hmm. roundabout way of saying that. Mm-hmm. A pet peeve of mine. Can't do it. I cannot deal with someone that would gaslight me. I'm just like, you know what? Go go argue with the one that had you. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And I ain't. <laughs> You got it. When you win. Like, it's like, okay, you win. Not even, I'm not even picking it up. Wow. Okay. Explain to me what a healthy relationship would look like. <sighs> I know. So it's, a lot. It's, it's so many. Um, One of my top qualities is, of course, communication. And communication is in, like, one, being an active listener. We often listen to respond, but I, I want you to listen to understand. So active, like being able to like regurgitate what I said and understand, even if you don't necessarily agree with it, being able to listen to me. So communication, forgiveness. I think a lot of times we are hurt and we don't know. One, we don't communicate how we feel, but we also don't know how to forgive that person and give them that grace. And I'm not saying Go and always forgive someone that didn't cheat on you and put their hands on And I'm not saying that, but in some form or fashion, you're going to need forgiveness in a relationship and you're going to, you know, have to give it. So being able to forgive and kind of weather the storms when it comes to that, um, that honesty, that's one of my big things. Like as long as you're honest with me, I we can pretty much maneuver through whatever because I'll trust you. I'd have to be able to trust you. Um family oriented. Those are really good qualities. So, you know, but again, it's all about your idea of what you want out of someone. Cause I think sometimes we have a limiting belief that we can't have what we want. Like, Oh, these other people can have this type of relationship. But I got settled. You do not. You just need to know what you want before you get into a relationship. You need to already know what do you want out of a partner? You don't just go to school and just wing it. I mean, some people do and they just be in school for eight, nine, ten years and nothing wrong with that, but it takes you longer to get where you need to go because you was up there pussyfooting. So, you need to go in knowing what you want. So, and I don't like this concrete list, like, oh, he needs to be six, nothing like that, but just, like, quality. Like, what type, of, how do you want to be treated? What do you want to wake up to every day? Hmm. Why do you think someone would have a limiting belief on their relationship? I mean, that learned behavior. So what I've seen with some of my clients is that they, they've had this real like back and forth when it comes to dating. And we oftentimes will overcompensate because we feel like we have to 
make the relationship work. Like for some reason, people put that burden on them. Like the only way this relationship is I'm perfect. If I don't mess up, if I say the right things and that's just not how it works. So having that, you that limiting belief of that, you are the only sole reason why this relationship works. Like you're not holding that person. You don't hold them accountable. So, and then also if you have always been given the short end of the stick in relationships, like with your parents, with your friendships, I mean, you just going to roll. It's like roll over minutes. You just going to roll over and do it again with the next person and the next person and the next person. Like, why do I keep attracting these type of people? Why are you not requiring better for yourself? That's Damn. I love that. Yeah, that goes back to our self-worth or lack of it or Ooh, abundance sure. of it. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Mm. What motivated you to write your second journal? <sighs> Ooh, child. So, you know, a product placement, the therapeutic journal. Can you put it closer? Yes, listen, the therapeutic journal. Toxic Relationships Edition. So, um, you know, I felt like, I again, I was seeing all of my clients that are coming in and all of them are coming in for relationships in some form of capacity, whether it's to heal from relationships with their parents, uh, friendships that they got to grieve and into being in, you know, toxic, intimate partners. So I would give them assignments just kind of like how I did with my first one. I would give them assignments and, you know, so we can process it outside of session. So I was just like, just like my first journal, I was like, okay, let's get one just catered strictly to healing from toxic relationships. And, you know, I know we talked about it earlier as far as like the cover. I know it has a couple on the cover, but it starts, it's broken into three sections, past, present, and future. And it starts with like, how did you see love growing up? How was your relationship with your parents? You know, and then it goes into, huh? That is interesting. Why did you break it up in the three, the past, present, and future? Because that's how the first, well, that was also how the first one was uh, created. But because I think it really starts with like those seeds that, you know, are rooted in you. Like we got to dig deep. We got to dig them roots up. So we got to start at the root, right? (laughs) So before you can kind of conquer where you are today in relationships and why you choose the partners that we choose or the friendships that we choose, where did we learn to choose them? You know, how did we see this growing up? How did it play out in our family? So that's why we start with that, that background first. And then we go into the present of like, how are you seeing relationships now? Or how are you in relationship? When was your last breakup? And how did it impact you? What are your own toxic traits? You know, we got to do some self examination and then the future. So going forward, what is like that part, that healthy relationship? What is the definition of a healthy relationship for you? What does it look like? So all of their starting prompts and you're able to really just sit down and process it and really see, oh, this is a roadmap. So it's a resource to help you again, if you're not, you know, you one like to journal and you like to do that self healing on your own. But also if some people don't know what, should I go to therapy? And I'm like, this is your roadmap because some of them prompts is going to hit you in your chest and you'll be like, okay, 
I now I'm clearly aware that I'm bothered by my dad not being there or my mom always working or whatever the case may be and not being there emotionally or because I got molested. Okay, let me go talk to a counselor. I know exactly what I need to talk about now. So it's your role now. <laughs> wow, you make it, it sounds like you make it easy. When I say easy, meaning um the prompts are triggers, so to speak. Yeah, they're the questions that I would ask you if you were sitting in my office. And those are the ones that you just like, did you? Oh, no. Like, it opens up and it's these, these aha moments that you get from journaling and processing. Like, wow, this happened to me when I was 12. I'm 32. Why is it still bothering me? But it's like, yeah, because you never dealt with it. That's why. Do you feel that some of your clients have not, or when they started unpacking, any uh, emotional issues that have been going on that they never realized that they in turn had some of the toxic relationships as opposed to their partner having it? Accountability is all that it takes. We got to hold the mirror up to ourselves. And I think, but that's where the healing comes in. So like they will see like, oh, wait, I I shut down and I stop talking or I'm what we call Edward Scissorhands, I know y'all remember that uh, character. And I'm, I just cut out people as soon as I feel like you might hurt me. So we self-sabotage in relationships, you know? So it's a lot about that accountability as well. Oh, I never thought about that with the as. Mm. I use that all the time. It's like, some, some of my clients are young. It was like, D who? And I'd be like, Edward Scissorhands. Okay, all right. Don't even worry about it. You cut people off real quick. <laughs> What does self-accountability looks like in case some people are not aware? Oh, self-accountability. In a relationship. Okay. So like I said, uh, understanding those self-sabotaging behaviors. So say if y'all have a disagreement, your first thing is to go off. Or shut down, not answering phone calls when they're trying to call you. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Like, you're acting at an impulse because you're triggered. So anytime that you're being triggered and you act out of that trigger versus, like, stopping, do a mental stop sign, stop and just think, like, you know, was this person intentionally trying to hurt me? Like, if I know my partner, I wouldn't be with someone that would intentionally try to hurt me. So let me say, was he intentionally trying to hurt me? She intentionally trying to hurt me? If the answer is no, okay, so what am I feeling? Oh, let's identify my feelings. Really, I felt disrespected when, you know, he said this, or I felt disrespected when she did this. Okay, so let me go and communicate that. And you use I statements. I felt insert emotion when you insert behavior. So that's less likely for the person to be on a defensive because you're saying when this behavior happened, this is what it triggered inside of me. So it's that communication. And if you have a great partner, then that partner can say, okay, I didn't know that would make you feel like that. I apologize and I will work on not doing that. And it's really kind of like, okay, so what are we talking about? You ready to go eat? And it's really learning each other. Like you're learning each other in the way each other communicates. But then what if it's a partner who does not know how to communicate? Their verbal, their emotional skills are just garbage and you know, you're wanting some feedback, but like, what do you do with that? Um, so now everybody is not going to be emotionally intelligent at times. And I don't mean that to be condescending. But if you don't know, because you've never been through it, then one 
thing is, I do believe that partners should be going to therapists individually. Um, like you need to be working out. Like if you got your own triggers, your partner can't be your therapist. But when you come into a relationship, you're supposed to be able to learn from your partner. So like, like in my relationship now, uh, yes, I'm a therapist, but I don't therapize my partner. At least I try not to. He might say different, but I try not to. But he also has said, like, I've taught him how to communicate. And it's only because of this, just how I communicate. Like, uh, we're not about to raise our voices. So I'm quick to say, hey, I I, um, I can't talk to anyone that has their voice at a certain level. I can't talk to somebody that does. Like, those are just my healthy boundaries. So you teach people, one, how you want to be treated when you set these healthy boundaries. But then they also like, oh, wait, I can set healthy boundaries too. I can say what I don't like and you don't go hurt me because I told you something that I didn't like. So it's kind of like reinforcement, you know? They learn how to do it by you demonstrating it like you would have learned from your parent. So... They just have to be open and throw that ego away and say, oh, I could really learn something from my partner. You're supposed to be able to learn things from your partner. And I learned because he's very just chill and he can just be like, oh, he's very solution focused. So I can learn. I learn things from him as well. So it just kind of works. I'd love to read a comment. Uh, we have hello, Cheryl. She said, speak on it. <laughs> we are trying to hear. <laughs> Hey, Derek. He's another podcaster. Okay. <laughs> and Stephanie says, oh, Stephanie, hey, she says she loves this show. Great topic. Thank you, Stephanie. Oh, wow. That makes my soul vibrate. I appreciate everyone for their comments. But Diabla, back to what you were saying about communication with your partner. You know, I I believe if somebody does the self-work, the mm -hmm. inner self-work, whether if it's purchasing your journal, which we're definitely going to get more in depth with, that's it, or going to a therapist or doing whatever you have to do. I believe every day that we work on ourselves, that it will plant a seed in our partner and then we sow it together, mm -hmm. the relationship and water it with respect, mm -hmm. water it with accountability. And ah, that's some dope stuff right there. I I, now I get it. Like you have to be equally yoked with your, your partner. It I feel like so. Yeah, I, I agree. Definitely. I just think that you're, you and your partner just have to both, like I said, put that ego aside and not feel like, well, this person, you can't tell me nothing. I've been doing this for some, how many years? It's like, no, you're supposed to be, your, your partner's supposed to hold you accountable and your partner has feelings, you have feelings and y'all should be able to hear that from each other and push each other to hear, you know, to grow. So if you can't do that, if you just are just stuck in your ways, it's really going to be hard for you to be in a healthy relationship with anyone because we're constantly growing. Like you're not growing, you're dead. So you yeah. should always be growing. If you're not growing, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. That stagnant is not good. No. How does that work? If you, if one partner has enlightenment and starts developing their higher emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. 
and then their partner is where you met them in 1982, mentally and mature-wise. What do you do with that? Uh, I mean, that's the question that you have to ask, answer for yourself. Like, is that from? Is that who you want to be with? Like, is that for you? Um, and I think it's really good to see people in different seasons. So before we all try to rush to get, you know, Facebook married and things, we need to be like cautious and see people in different seasons. So we can see if that's something that you want, you know, <laughs> you need to see if that's something that you want. So, um, I know for me, like I want, a, a partner that is emotionally intelligent and that is trying to grow and I, I that's something I had to see prior to ever thinking about marriage. Like if you in the year two we date, if you if you, I don't even see you grow emotionally or mentally in that um time frame, then I'm just like, you still acting like how we did two years ago. Like I don't act like I'm 28 at 30. You know, I'm just like, yeah, no type of growth. Like you see nothing, nothing. Something ain't right. <laughs> The, the signs be there. The signs be there, whether we see them or not, or whether we choose to see them or not. The signs be there. Yeah, and I know with some women, it trickles down. It's like a domino effect. You know, I'm now I'm feeling resentful. Mm-hmm. Then we go to bed. Now he wants me to screw him like a porn star. Like, no, I'm stuck on this argument. I don't want to fuck you right now. Really good. Let's talk about what's going on. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, I think you definitely should. Um, you know, people have different love languages, so you just need to find out what's your partner's love language. And when you guys are in conflict, um, just find some way to resolve it, even if it's just hey, let's table it for this time and let's meet back tomorrow and talk about it. So that way you can table it and then y'all can still have fun that night and still address it at the time that y'all said that y'all were going to address it. So it's not just thrown under the rug. You have made a commitment. We're going to come back and talk about this tomorrow after work. You know, I love what you said about tabling the Mm -hmm. topic. Because it's a win-win then. Yeah. I call it parking lot. Like in my relationship, we say we're going to parking lot it for for right now. Even if it's about 30 minutes or until the, okay, let's go ahead and park it. It's just sitting in the parking lot. We'll come back and revisit it later when we both can have some time to think about it. Because sometimes, you know, things hurt the other person more than it hurts you. And you can't force them to be okay just because you're okay. May I borrow that parking lot? Yes, you can. Okay. I love it. Uh, let me read a couple more comments. Hello, Tamika. She said she was just talking about this topic today. My LSA and- girl. <laughs> <laughs> and Tamika, I won't be mad if you want to share in the comments what it was. <laughs> and Cheryl, oh, she laughed. She said, not 1982. Yes, Cheryl. We don't want to go back to 1982. Hello, Tr- <laughs> hey, Tracy. Tracy said, move forward in the relationship. I'm assuming that's what she meant. And I agree. Uh, Tamika is hollering right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Stephanie, she said she had to become that person that I wanted to attract. Bam. Period. 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 Yes. Looking in the mirror. And that's that, like you said, that accountability. 
You know, you can't be out here a nickel looking for a dime. Now, you can't be out here wanting somebody emotionally intelligent and you haven't worked on your stuff because that just it ain't gonna last, baby. It sure is not. I'm gonna read one more comment. Stephanie said, focusing on working on myself has definitely made an impact, but I had to look within and become honest with myself. Girl, yes. Yes. Game changer. If anybody agrees with what Stephanie said, type game changer in the comments. I'm going to do it once I get off. I, <laughs> it is a game changer for sure. And Tamika said being emotionally immature and not having communication skills. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a turnoff. It is. It's a non-negotiable. It, it really is. It wasn't for me before, but definitely now because I wasn't aware of it back then. But yeah, game changer. Yes, Tracy. Yes, Cheryl. Game changers all up and down the screen. What's your favorite part about your journal that you've created? Uh, let me see. The My favorite part, I think. Well, one of your favorite parts. You know what? I'm going to go into the past. I think that was my favorite section to do. Why? Um, just because, again, that root of being able to figure out where you learn love in your high side, in your family high side with your parents, like it stuck out to me because, of course, uh, it, I was impacted by like my parents' relationship, how I saw them love each other and not this way. So, you know, I think that probably played a role in like how I showed up in my relationships going forward. So being able to go back and see, wow, you know, I, actually before my parents, there's a whole history of like broken marriages and broken relationships. So it wasn't just my parents. But I now see, wow, I have a whole generation, generations of seeing this. So I think that self-awareness helped me to be able to say, okay, what do you need to do different? Like, how do you show up authentically in this world as myself so I can be in better relationship with myself, but also be a good partner? Because I have not been a good partner before, you know? I had someone's done me wrong and I've also done wrong. So, you know, but it was always like you might see in other relationships, it was tit for tat. And I just I no longer wanted to say that's my portion. It's like I look at it like a buffet. You can, it's a buffet in front of you and you know you're going to get your plate and out on the buffet is everything that your family has taught you, social media has taught you, all these influences. You get to choose what you put on your plate and digest. And I no longer decided to choose what I might have seen my parents do or what I might say social media says you're supposed to do. I, I'm going to choose what's best for me to digest so, again, I can be healthy for myself and for my future relationships. Wow, that's amazing. Mm. I love the buffet. Yeah, I have a lot of analogies. I just come up with them out of nowhere. I love it though. It makes so much sense. Mm. What well what before I go on any further, I just want to let everyone know that this journal is for pre-order sales right now. Bring it closer. Yes, it's pre-sales. And if you're interested in purchasing, which I hope you are, because we all need self-improvement no matter what. And you can click the link in the description box and it'll take you straight to her product page and you can purchase her journal. 
Thank you. They will ship May the 7th. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I wanted it to come out during that because I want us to take charge of our mental health so we can be good and show up authentically and genuinely in this world without the mask on. Okay, because we always have the mask on. Take it off. Okay, and be vulnerable with at least yourself. That's what the journal is for. For you to just go to yourself and take off the mask and say, okay, what's my own I need to work through? What are some things that still impact me? Take the mask off, y'all. Mm. So it can you don't give too much because we want people to purchase the journal. Right. I love how you talked about taking the mask off. Matter of fact, Derek, this other podcaster, Relationship Gumbo, him and I did a, an episode about removing the mask. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to get your opinion. If you can just give the listeners a little nugget of what it looks like to remove the mask off in a relationship and not become toxic. Ooh, Let me see. Um, you know what? Vulnerability. Okay. Transparency and vulnerability. So we look at that as a form of like, if I show this, people can use this against me. Like I should, I got to keep this covered up, but in a relationship, you shouldn't have those thoughts. Right. Um, I, you have to force yourself to be vulnerable. And that means you can't be all prim and proper all the time. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't be all prim and proper all the time. You should be able to say, hey, I'm hurting right now. Instead of I'm going to be all tough and he ain't going to see me cry and I'm going to be up here doing my thing. No, take the mask off. Be vulnerable and say, hey, when that happened, I I was hurt by it. My feelings got hurt. We, We are so, we're so timid to even tell people that our Feelings got hurt. And it's like, but vulnerability is your superpower, not your kryptonite. No one can't use it against you. It's yours. You own it. So own it, you know? Stop. Like, it's not a kryptonite, baby. It's a superpower. So use it. Use it to save yourself and help save your relationship. I love how you said the superpower because that's truly a super, a, a black superwoman right there. That part for real, because back to the converse, the episode that Derek and I had, he was talking about how we just what you just said. We are scared to really speak from our heart and our soul. However, and we're in these relationships and then there's the deflection. You don't want to talk what you really feel here, but yet we still have continue to have babies building the home, uh, creating bills, purchasing all these tangible items, but yet we cannot go within and tell our partner like, yo, that shit hurt. That Mm -hmm. hurt me. What you said, what you did, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. we just keep going on. We just put it to the back. Yeah. Guilty. In this box and we compartmentalize. And then so, when you keep sweeping stuff under the rug, the rug is going to get bigger and dirty and the house going to get dirty. Baby, let's find a clean house. And I think we do it sometimes out of fear that that person will, like we said, will hurt us, gaslight us, or even just dismiss our feelings. But don't run from that. If you're with someone that does that and you cannot be honest, then you need to rethink the relationship. Don't be afraid to... I don't want to start over and I don't want to do that. So you want to just stay here and suffocate? Because that's exactly what, or you got to stay here and be resentful. And how does it serve you, right? Right. Or put on three more masks 
and suffocate. I ain't got time. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Do you see Rich? Rich uh you mind reading that because <laughs> these aren't strong enough. No, it's, it's a spam. <laughs> Somebody, it's one of those oh, like spam it? comments. Yeah, it's one of them spam comments. Like you know how like you'll post something and people are just like, oh my god, somebody saved my life when I went to this doctor. You need to call me and we can be able to help you get this girl. It's let me block whoever this is. Social media for me. I was like, baby, y'all be having too much time. <laughs> Wait, watch this block, girl. Hold on, watch this. <laughs> now watch the delete game. Bam. <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay. Not tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> I'm glad I couldn't. No wonder. Damn, it's not going away. No, we can well, no, get so it, it just did it twice. But. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So tell us something else about your journal that what's making it exciting for you to launch it. Um, I don't, it's just, I want to see all of us win in relationships. Um, I like, it's called Toxic Relationships Edition, but it's because I, I want us all to heal from toxic relationships. So it's just, if you feel like this is for you and you feel like you've struggled in relationship with your parents or you feel like you and your girls just want to do a healing girl summer. So all y'all buy the journal, y'all do one prompt a day and y'all hold each other accountable. Let's discuss this process. It can be useful like that. If you're a clinician and you want to be able to give your clients homework and so this deeper uh, for you, this journal literally is for anyone that wants to win in relationships, not just romantic relationships, but with your parents and with your friendships, like any type of relationship. So I want the people that want that to get it. Like, I'm not just here to just be like, just anybody and everybody. It's like, no, I, I want people that want that for themselves because, you know, healing is a choice. It's not mandatory. It really is a choice. How was the response been from other clinicians? From so, a clinician. Right. So, okay. So people who bought my first journal, a lot of clinicians bought the first one. So they've already started buying it in bulk. So I was just like, I appreciate you guys so much. So they brought the first one, which is the therapeutic journal, um, 30 prompts to help in self-discovery. And this is a general journal. So that one, um, with this, the original one, it was broken into past, present, and future. And it helps you kind of navigate self-awareness and things like the first prompt, if I could find it really quickly, was who has hurt you in the past and has never apologized for it? You know? And you're able to just start right now. Who has, who I feel like I've never, was it my dad? Was it my mom? Was it my first best friend? Like, was it my first boyfriend? Was it my first girlfriend? Who was it? So they bought that. They would do group therapy sessions with my journals, um, buying for their clients, send their clients to me to come get them. So I also wanted them to be able to buy it in bulk this time. So versus like these high prices. <laughs> Sorry, I love my journals, but yeah, it's a lot. I'm trying to give you a little deal. You know, you buy them in bulk and you're a clinician. So, but no, a lot of, I want to continue to keep making 
like the worksheets and the journals for clinicians to use, the novice clinician or the seasoned clinician, um, just so to help them with their clients. You know, that first prompt was an instant trigger, right? <laughs> It'd be the first one to take you out the game, <laughs> okay? Gather you like a ponytail. It's the first one. And we'll. <laughs> Look, I'm already like this when you started reading it. <laughs> We have a bundle deal, so um, if you didn't get the first one, if you want the first and the second one, you will save money by getting the bundle. So a little product placement there too. <laughs> Keep but that's yeah. what this that's what this platform is for. It's all about healing. So yes. keep. Keep doing it. And that's why I put the picture of the book cover because I want people to know what they are purchasing. This is what it's going to look like. And I know for the audio podcast, I will put a link in the description notes as well. Excuse me, the show notes. So there's no excuse, people. There's no excuse. The link is everywhere. The healing is right there for us. Okay. <laughs> Can you, before we start um, winding down, can you tell us about the cover? Yeah, so I love this cover. Um, I was looking through some free stock photos and I knew I wanted something dealing with relationships, but it was really hard to find it. I wanted to find something that, you know, and I'm just going to be honest, I wanted to find something that was more so a reflection of how I feel like I look. So as an African-American woman or a woman of color, so this was like the one that just stood out to me. And I wanted to show solidarity between a couple. Um, I think a lot of times, especially in our community, Black men and Black women are often like pit against each other. And I'm like, no, we're going to heal through these toxic relationships together. So if you're in a relationship, get one for you and your boo. And y'all going to work through and y'all be vulnerable and transparent together with the prompts. You know, you both work on the prompts separately. Come back, babe. Let's discuss what did you write on your prompt? I'm going to tell you what I wrote in mine because I want us to win together, not only as an individual heal, but heal relationships. Because even though, like, I'm, I'm a divorcee. I, I want to see people win in relationships as far as like get married and be, you know, with that one part. I'm a hopeless romantic too. So <laughs> that's it. I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I want to see all of us win. <laughs> Have you had any responses from anybody who, who has um, some of your friends, family members, close people that actually got a peek inside of the book? What was, what was their response to it? So I did a focus group. Um, so uh, there were a nice number of people who voted on the actual prompts. And that's what I did for the first one. So they already kind of have an idea of what the prompts will look like because they voted. So they voted on like their top. I think I told them to do their top 15. And um, we just took what they said and what, you know, was high ranked across the board. And those are the prompts that made it. So they were just like, I couldn't even just pick 15. I was like, good. I'm glad it was hard. I'm glad it was difficult for you to pick these prompts. So um, I definitely didn't want to just come from a tunnel vision. I wanted to see from different age groups, from, you know, both men and women voting on these prompts. So this book is just as much for men that it is for women. Men voted on these prompts for what they would want in their relationship, married men, single men. Like, this is for everyone. That sounds like an awesome date night right there. We're going to be real vulnerable tonight. <laughs> Listen. Again, it's a trickle down effect. 
Yeah. You get some good conversation. You're going to get some good. Listening. Okay. After I done cried my little tears, because I can be a little more sensitive. So I don't even cry my little tears and be like, you really see me? Like, you really see me? So. <laughs> Do you mind reading that comment from Stephanie Vance? Yes. I often ask myself, what can I learn from dealing with this broken soul in my past relationships? It equals compassion for me and my ex while moving forward in love. Oh, I love that. Oh, that compassion kind of reminds me of the forgiveness, too. Like when you and your ex can't be together, but, you know, you still want to be able to be cordial and wish them well. And, you know, it just didn't work for you guys. No, I love that. Wow, that's some good stuff, Stephanie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Stephanie, it sounds like you've been doing some true inner work. I like her picture. I'll see you with the crown, sis. Okay. Yeah. She's really it. pretty, too, in person. I Very love pretty. The, the picture. <laughs> Do you mind giving one other little nugget prompt from the journal? Just so oh, anybody else can so be triggered. Like from the new journal, because the other one was from the first journal. So let's see what the one is from the new journal that we can do. Uh, let's see. Have you have the first one in the toxic relationships edition? Have you ever felt emotionally abandoned by anyone? And that could be a parent, intimate partner, a best friend. Write about these experiences and what thoughts and feelings are associated with them. And that's is the first one. So you just gonna come right out with I the boxing gloves. I'm ready. <laughs> and it teaches you like in there it says how to use the therapeutic journal. So it teaches you like I know y'all can't see that, but it teaches you, you know, how to, you know, you want to make sure that you meditate, you make sure that you're in a quiet place, that you make sure you're kind of free from distractions so you can be centered when you're doing this. Wow. Mm. I love that with the meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Info does come to you when you just ground yourself. It, it does work. We're going to wrap it up. But before we do, can you give our listeners one thing that they can do right now to start their healing path on uh, not being a toxic person or something they can do to help? their toxic relationship, not be a toxic relationship? Yeah, I want you, what you can do is just kind of identify characteristics about your last relationship. So you're going to look at the pros of that person you were dating, the pros and the cons, but also the pros and the cons for you. Like, how did you show up in that relationship? The good things you did, the not so good things you did. Were you argumentative? Were you recluse? Did you shut down? Like, start, I actually identify that last relationship and see what you come up with, okay? So I think the first thing is identify. Then when you're looking at that, look at that and see where have I seen this before? Have I seen this in my parents? Have I seen this in caregivers? Have I seen it in aunts and uncles? When have I seen relationship like this? Is this my mm. first partner that's like this? Or if I do this exercise two more times with two partners prior to that person, will it look similar? Do I have a pattern? So those are ways to kind of just start acknowledging, oh, I might be in a cycle here. I, I've seen this before. This ain't the first time, because most likely it's not the first time. 
it's always us to me always seems like it is a cycle it, you know it's the same what is it the same song just a different singer that's typically sound like a good remix too but you know the definition of insanity doing the same thing and expecting a different result so it's time for new results in 2021 y'all right you know every time i was trying to wrap it up all these great comments are coming in um do you have time for one more comment Yes, from Tracy. As a parent, I've learned to be more transparent, especially if you want your adult children to feel comfortable enough to confide with you on hard topics. This is a step towards establishing healthy adult relationships. Thank you. Great topic. Oh, yes. Okay. I love the self-awareness because most parents kind of be stuck in their ways. I have noticed with some of my clients, they ain't trying to meet their kids where they are like i'm the parent you're the child what i say goes and that's just that's unhealthy thing just because your parents did it to you don't mean you have to do that to your children so i really appreciate that because there's this book that i have a lot of my clients that struggle in relationship with their parents it's called adult children of emotionally immature parents and it's like how to heal from that when i wait let me write that down hold on (laughs) no i'm not joking let me get my pen Because guess what? <laughs> it's 2021. I'm not playing with it anymore, Diavola. What's the name of that again? It's called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. And it's by Dr. Lindsay. I forgot her last name, but she is the truth when it comes to that. Can like, someone please write that that book for real? I'm not, I'm not joking. Write that book in the comments. Parents. Say it one more time. Adult children of emotionally immature parents. <laughs> the book is the truth. Like it is, it's, it's the truth. And <laughs> what Tori said, yikes. Another LS Hey girl. <laughs> um, going out tonight. Okay. Support you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> What's the the author's name again? I forgot her last name, but Dr. Lindsay, like L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, I want to say. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Matori. I appreciate it. You know, these these are not strong enough. <laughs> I got my contacts in, so I feel you. May I borrow the contacts, too? <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of your, your sorors are loving on you tonight. Yes. Hey, sorors. You all put your numbers in. What are your line numbers? Let me see. Let's go. Lord. Okay. I love my D in front of my S and my S in front of my T. Hey, boo. (laughs) (laughs) They love you. They love you. They love you. They love you. Any parting words? Uh, well, I would just say one, thank you for having me on here. Like this has been an amazing experience and just this conversation I feel is so needed. And I just want, if you could just take away anything from here is that, you know, you deserve to be in healthy relationships and having healthy boundaries in those relationships, but set the standard out the gate. Like before, if you're single, set the standard out the gate. Of what are your non-negotiables in dating? What do you want? What is your definition of a healthy partner or a healthy relationship? Have you ever experienced that type of relationship? You know, have you ever seen that type of relationship before? Like that wasn't in the movies. Like, have you ever seen it before? 
So, you know, just get clear on your goals and have aim. And I promise you, when you know what you're looking for, nobody can just come up here and talk to you in no any type of way. Okay? You won't fall for the okie doke because you got to be in a spot, them counterfeits. You know what, Diabla? Mm -hmm. I would consider you definitely a black girl that has her shift together. Period. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm doing. Let me rephrase that. All right. Oh, God. Every time I get off another comment. Oh, we got a heart. I'm here for it. I guess you have to come back. I would love to. I would love to come back. We will work that out. for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Hit your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sin kiss God is heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog.